2018 of a humanistic perspective. As always, I am one of your three hosts, Chad Castilla. This evening on Monday night, I am joined with Jonathan Dufresne. And as always, Ethan Castilla. Hey, yo. So let's start. Let's just break it off and, you know, real light and easy. What was your days, boys? Um, I did a lot. I drove uh, all across Illinois, as always, and uh, talked to a lot of amazing people. I feel like it's it's just so interesting seeing the perspectives of people that have been through mm. a lot. Really? When I think I've been through a lot, I really? look at these people and I realize that everyone should be very grateful for what they have. Oh, yeah. Are you always driving new people? Yes, every day. I mean, like, even with me when I was driving today, I got to drive three people because I was just helping out. Uh, but the first guy, you know, he had a kid and uh, his kid actually had a thing with his where his brain and his skull had to be cracked. Whoa. Because it, it's no longer developing as a baby. It's developing as like an adult? No, the head is not developing like any smarter because there's no room for the brain. So the skull has to be cracked so it can open up and allow it to expand of some sort is what wow. he described. But, you know, like seeing, and he was only like maybe, you know, in his 20s, poor, like young dad. He didn't really know. 20-year-old father dealing with neuro problems with his child. Oh, yeah. The amount of medical expenses, that's unreal. Well, not even that, but, uh, you know, it's just crazy to see how, like, how someone lives their life, you know, and, and, and how it can be so tough, you know. Again, like Jake was saying. You don't realize. Uh, you was know, and then there's another guy I drove today that was even been struggling with weight problems mm. for so, 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 so long. Um, or not for so long. I know I mean, that battle. For a, for a long time. But, like, he was going to get a, a certain surgery that would reduce it so you're only, you only eat so much. You're oh, like, no, he's doing that. And he decided he wasn't going to. Good. So he doesn't he need it. struggling with what does he need to do. But, you know, like, I wish I could have been there to say, like, hey, I'm here to motivate you because you could see that there's not going to be anyone else for them in their yeah, life. Yeah, he's and that's what's he's sad. At, he's at that point. I know that feeling because I've I've been there too. He's at that crucial point like where you're a big person and you want to change so badly that now you're just waiting for someone to help you along. The, it, you have to get to that point though before you can even start to make those changes. Yeah, it just you know like that makes me sad. Like I think a lot of family like because like knowing like if I really wanted to I could probably help that person, but it's like. That's like where we say when we're making sacrifices. Right, that's you're sacrificing sacrifice. your time investment right in now. helping a lot more people by doing your business rather than right. stopping your whole life to help that one exactly. person. Exactly, exactly. Like even just like, you know, and I, I get caught yeah. up. Like some of these people, they don't have meals, bro. Really? Like I, 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 I couldn't tell you the amount of food or like, again, like I bought a hotel. Like the, the, the things I'll buy for these people just because I feel bad. You know, it's like, uh, I know I'm making money. It's like when I'm driving, when it's very rare, I'll do it because I don't care. You know, it brightens their eyes like you'll never, ever expect. Yeah, it's like a small act of kindness for them. Yeah. Which is really, it's really good. And like, like I bought the guy a food dinner because he brings had hope. no food at home. It really brings hope. That's insane. So I literally so bought him his dinner. How do, What do these people do to survive, do you think, on a day-to-day Well, no, basis? a lot of them are hindered by their medical deficiencies like oh, a lot bold. of these yeah. yes a lot of these people lived normal lives before and had money but something happened or they were in a car accident you know and they really it's 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 crazy how much this stuff really in, in it just alters people. It you doesn't. never think emotional abuse uh they were they were left and kicked out of their family mm-hmm. or and now they're moved state to state you know like it's just 
there's a lot to it. Yeah, there is so much. I'm now back. I had to deal with business as always. So. Hey, though, but I think that's the thing, too, is like we're getting flexible with this thing. We're getting really comfortable on this podcast and like it is what it is. You know? Yeah, it is what it is. We all have our own lives and we share our um, amazing ideas that we do from experience on here. That's what I love about <laughs> this podcast. Truly. We started vlogging. I mean, we just came off a really fun weekend. Saturday, we did reshot episode 21, which will come out this Friday with Neville. Um, that was a pretty good episode. And then we started vlogging. How was your vlogging today, Ethan? Was it, it was hard? Fun. Was it I'll camera vlog- annoying? I, it was, no, it was fun. I just needed to stick. Well, you know what really pissed me off this morning was what? when you gave me this stupid-ass camera knowing I wanted the other one. But, yeah. And you knew we weren't even using it. <laughs> I used it, though. I did film with it today. No, it didn't really piss me off. I was like, I knew Jeff was going to do this. But I ended up really liking that camera for vlogging. So I didn't it mind. Does, it does shoot very well. I didn't I'd mind because then when you started to realize you could just look into the lens, honestly, it was not bad at all. Yeah, like it kind of hinders you. if The vlog is bad if you're looking at the screen of yourself. Well, no, because then that you're not was talking like unbalanced. To the audience. Like some of my videos, just because, I also didn't have the tripod stick. I was holding the camera with my hand. But this is first day of vlogging. Talking about, we, we, got, we recently picked up two new additions for all of our filming equipment. Um, we got a Sony A6100, and then we got a Nikon D3500. It's the lowest model of the DSLR brand, correct? Of Nikons. Uh, I don't know a lot of companies that do it. Yeah, I'm learning too. Like today I started messing around and learning with uh, Photoshop to just edit some of our recent photos we got. Yeah. Man, was it's just not it's not intuitive. Like it's not natural. Could you imagine could you imagine if Apple created (coughs) Apple created like a specific version that was similar to Photoshop, but it was very user interface. Oh yeah. Like the UI was very much ingrained with how Apple makes all the rest of their software. But it is insane. It's terrifying what I can do with that. With Photoshop, you can do so much. Like I get why models and all these women and stuff like can alter photos and even men too in that fashion industry. But like the power of post production in Photoshop is unreal. I mean, you like yeah, your new honest. photo, Ethan? Yeah, it's crazy, bro, all this shit. Bro, know. literally, I ta- I made Jake saw, and it's funny, too, because I played it off at the time, but Jake called me out. He saw that I tanned myself in Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. I, <did. laughs> I was like... Did uh, you change up? I swear the I last like, picture you, you sent me, though, had, like, multiple I was like, are you going launches. to Jersey Shore there, Chad? <laughs> he was like, are you, trying like to wow, dr- look. are you trying to jerk? He's like, wow, you really look Colombian now. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's so funny. I love that. And honestly, the color reminded me of like Ethan Ethan's. in the summer. Yeah, I changed myself to look like you. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I get tan. You in need the to take a. Uh, we need to do another headshot with you in the summer as well. I think oh, both of you. But no, I, I ended up, I ended up not liking what I was messing around with, and then I was like, I need to get some more productive things but i was happy i even got at least got ethan's done because we got to update some of the branding stuff for that but also today for me which was really exciting uh made some huge headway on our graphic design and branding for prismatic solutions for the upcoming year so this can be really really exciting and a couple different leads for first renderings and then for anyone listening that maybe doesn't understand the process a little bit i'm going through a rebranding and we're looking for two major things one is a primary logo that we're using you know on our websites on most of our ad placements on our print placement you know just your base level structural brand and then the second is i'm looking for a secondary 
um, either leather, letter or imagery similar to like how Apple, you know, they have their Apple logo, an imagery styled uh, design, which we will be using when we wrap our truck fleets on T-shirts, you know, uh, something that's more synonymous with the brand, but less written out than full name or maybe a full logo. So that's been really exciting. Tons of different leads for that. But for that process, like I was mentioning, we're doing an initial rendering or like some rough draft samples with a couple different designers. And then from there, we'll pick one out um, and then arrange our contractual agreements to pull it off. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be incredible. You know, something that I realized about brands too, like Apple, for example, yeah, is like something that I realized is like one of the like main questions I think that someone asked uh, the Beatles when they made Apple Core, which was their record company. Paul McCartney just said, when have you ever heard anything bad related to Apple? The word Apple. Like when you think of Apple, mm. you think nourishment. You think, oh, th- it's a positive thing. You see an Apple and you're like, oh, good. They and did th- do really well with picking They really name. did associate themselves with a very good object. I've realized that's the best thing about brands is when you can give them a word that draws them in just one singular word. And that's why I love prismatic. Yeah. Cause you think prismatic, you think, whoa, undiscovered yet undiscovered. What is this prism driven? Yeah, exactly. It's visionary. It's like a very, visionary I'm making word. an Instagram post. Okay. And it's with the photo and the two phones. And my thing says, I got two phones, one for Silverwings and one for Prismatic. <laughs> I get what you're punning I on. was going to pun on that, but then I was like, that's so cheesy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. No, that that's funny. One for the work, one for the calls. No, it, it was it was it was it was funnier when you said your two businesses. Yeah, 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 your two businesses. I think that's ironic. That well, I wanted to uh yeah. let's get right into some freaking meat here. Today's episode, we really heavily wanted to talk about who is the biggest threat to the United States right now. <laughs> I have who I think it is, and I think yeah, you might have, I have what I think it who is you too. think it is. Yeah. Is, Should we drop the first? names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. drop the names. China. Russia. Wow, who are those two countries? Wow, who would it's not like they're like two of the biggest countries in the whole world or anything like that. (laughs) No, not at all outside of the United States. But it's uh, not like they're both associated with the continent Asia or anything, but let me go in here and and share why I think China is our biggest threat. I mean, let's go back to when the professor came out from China who was disclosing the CCP expert about his you know, relation and understanding of their system comparative to the American system and the mockery that they made of it through their ability to play the chess game. The audience was laughing at the Americans. Literally, just because they understood that it's a slow, methodical battle for economic dominance, which leads me to my first point. Why are they a huge threat right now? We've been seeing since COVID hit, since all of this outbreak, where have they pushed in to more? You know, they push back into uh, Hong Kong. They're trying to reclaim all these providences and territories. They're trying to push back against already semi-democratic Asian nations. Yep. Which is, you know, terrifying for the idea of 
just anyone else who has any concept of wanting non-authoritarian freedom and ability to express themselves. So yeah. let's let's go even further. A part of that, Biden just came out and tweeted, I believe, last week and said, the, guys, China is killing us when it comes to infrastructure. And if we don't start investing and working on ourselves here, we're going to be like, I, I don't remember the exact phrasing, but basically he said we're going to be a freaking joke. Well, he's not wrong. Oh, but yeah. A I lot agree. of their major investment that I see as potentially threatening or very interesting at the fair least is the Middle East, right? If we go to the Middle East, they're developing the largest port city ever, oh, which yeah. would bring expansive efforts and trade options and economic expansion for oh, absolutely. China all the way through the Middle East. Oh yeah, and then they're gonna and then and they're gonna then take over the Africa. Exactly. Let's they're go gonna down take the over that entire direction. thing, and then they're they building. Have the what is that? It's Indiana. the Silk. What is it? The Silk. The Silk Road. Yeah, the Silk Road trading or whatever they're building. No, Silk like Road is India. India okay. is their last true territory. Truly. Because they have one billion people there. So let's just talk about that. Let's say China slowly does play that long chess game of economic dominance. And they're, they don't focus on the U.S. And they let maybe, I don't know, Russia, Israel, some other countries take over and basically distract us. Well, they're going to build up this huge front everywhere else. And so then all of a sudden, when it comes down to a military and or economic industrial takeover, and the United States doesn't choose to produce, make any of our own resources, or handle any of our own needs here, well, we're going to be reliant on the biggest dictator authoritarian government. We're going to be having to suck up to them, I which mean, in the long run is, a, is, is an even scarier battle, I could feel like, than physical warfare. I mean, think about this, for example. Since COVID hit... There's been, like, pretty much no movies. TV shows have gone on still because Netflix exists. Sure. Netflix movies, I guess, too. But entertainment in general is pretty much dead. Hollywood is dead. Truly. So where is Hollywood gone? China. No. Well, China. But through how? Through a singular app in which you can post many different types of entertainment into one thing and have videos curated just for you so that way there are more and more users that want to use it. And what like is this we called? Said, it's a chess game. They are overtaking Hollywood as we know it. They are playing a... F they are... The music un now, the top ten... Unlike any other enemy we face, they are playing a battle on a hundred different fronts, and all of those fronts are mental games. Yep. Pretty all much. They're very... Yeah, That's they're very powerful. much mental. They're very much mental games. But I think, though... Here's my thing, though. Okay, go ahead. Is that I've seen throughout, just like in general, seeing interviews and, y you know, stuff like people from CIA talking about China. They don't see China as the true threat. They really see Ch Russia being the true threat to America. Mm. And I think that it's important for you to know about a specific story. Now, I, I like you, I also have my fears and, and of Russia. I mean, look, everything that went on with Icarus, state doping. Oh, that's not even. With oh, that's not even. That's not even what I'm talking about. Truly, I understand, but I'm I'm setting up but for that true. idea that there is so much. There's more so much going corruption. There's so yes. much corruption that we have no even. I mean, like we talked about with about. what's his name, the uh, social revolutionary there. Oh, the social revolutionary. Yeah, uh, uh, Navalny. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, Duval. Alexia uh, Navalny. Yeah, Alexia Navalny. Um, he and how he got 
poisoned literally on a plane. He got poisoned on a plane to it, it because he was making a documentary about the, the corruption. Ma- uh, well, not the corruption, specifically Putin's palace that he built. Yeah. Could you imagine if Trump had a Trump palace? A hundred. Tri- like I think it's like a hundred billion dollars. Con- the or key something. thing here is constructed specifically due to his presidential presidential. You know, yes, exactly. And it's crazy power. when you see it, and it, it it is just insane. There's so much revolt, and he is truly the biggest threat to Putin. Truly. But again, I say that I now yeah. I say Russia is the biggest threat to the U.S. And the reason why is because. On June 27th, 2018, something strange and terrible began to ripple out within the entire world. A group of hospitals in Pennsylvania began delaying surgeries. Pennsylvania? And it be- began delaying surgeries and turning away patients. A Cadbury factory, you know, the Cadburys that you eat at, they, uh, it, it was in Tasmania, and uh, they stopped churning out chocolates just all of a sudden. And then the pharmaceutical giant, Maersk, seized manufacturing vaccines for the uh, papillo, p- p- papillo virus, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And soon, 17 terminals at ports across the globe, all owned by the shipping form uh, Maersk, found themselves paralyzed. Tens of thousands of 18-wheeler trucks carrying shipping containers began to line up outside these port gates. Massive ships arrived from journeys across oceans, each carrying hundreds and thousands of tons of cargo, only to find that no one could unload them. Like victims of a global outrape of some brain-eating bacteria or a virus, major components in the intertwined automated systems of the world seem to have spontaneously forgotten how to function. And at the attack's epicenter, was Ukraine. The effects of the technological doomsday were more concentrated. ATMs and credit card payments inexplicably dropped offline. Mass transit in the country's capital of Kiev was crippled. Government agencies, airports, hospitals, the Postal Service, even scientists monitoring radioactivity levels at the ruins of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant all watched helplessly as practically every computer in their networks was infected and wiped by a mysterious piece of malicious code. And this is what cyber war looks like. An invisible force capable of striking out from an unknown origin to sabotage on a massive scale the technologies that, cr- that is literally underpinning our civilization. Let me ask this. Who was behind this attack on Ukraine? Oh, uh, a small group of research. Uh, it was a small group controlled, actually, by the FSB. Oh, <laughs> of course. And uh, they're under the term sandworm. Oh, wow. Is this and the same group that pulled off the uh, American hack on the... Oh, I believe so. Solar network and all that? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. The thing about this that scares me is... Th- we over the next two years, though, after that incident, they would begin to ramp up their aggression, distinguishing itself Whoa. as the most dangerous collection of hackers in the world. They literally redefined cyber warfare. 
Finally, on that fateful day, on late June 27, June 27, 2017, the group world w- would unleash the world-shaking worm known as NotPetya, now considered the most devastating and costly malware in history. In this process, Sam Ward would demonstrate as never before that highly sophisticated state-sponsored hackers with the motivation of a military sabotage unit can attack across any distance to undermine the foundations of human life, hitting interlocked, interdependent systems with unpredictable, disastrous consequences. Today, the full scale of this threat and its ilk presence looms over the future. It was really, you have to think about that. This was a foreshadowing. And this was just a message to the world. Truly. It was, it, it they, was, China, it was a bluff. Chi- China it was playing might, a bluff. China might be able to take us over economically in the, sl- in the long-term Here's the process. Thing that's, that, that is. But this could happen at any point. Our entire power grid just goes off completely. Yep. And then what do we do? The funny thing is, is we've been living in this threat since the uh, discovery of the nuclear bomb. Well, yeah, exactly. Because at that point, we figured out how to produce EMPs. Exactly. And you can launch an EMP, and it, you can launch an EMP just like you launch a, a stealth bomber with a missile, and you fly it over any country, drop one EMP, wipe the whole country's everything. Yep. W- and really, you could it, drop. Th- you could probably drop like my question or thing that I'm thinking is. If Russia can do this, what makes you think that China doesn't have the resources? Oh, China's definitely researching this right now. They're definitely n- they're definitely using quantum computing now to change how they can communicate across different communicate things that are not that that can't be seen. How do we how do we even go about stopping these type of syndicate groups that are looking to cause so you much harm s- through warfare that way? You can't stop it. You just have to fight it. Yeah, as best as you can. Because you have to understand. So that Chad, yeah, that, that is a good re- like. I mean, that under- does make them a great threat. Is the fact that they're doing it so often and that they've done it to the U.S. before. Right, but ju- but you also have to understand, Chad. Money is no longer the currency anymore. And regardless of what people think, money is no longer the currency. Data is the currency. If you have all the data. You have all the power. Another thing that I thought about when you said this, right, about how it has the ability to shut off and, and stop the whole entire circuit of transport, communication, and commerce yes. that we live off, Greta Thornburg and all those people who are like, we need to move immediately to stopping all fossil fuels rather than coming up with a dually used plan that helps us to transition and live off both. If we yeah, went to an all-electric power like that and one of these attacks happens... Oh, then we would cease what? to live. Correct. And then if everything was... Correct. If everything fossil fuel related... Not saying that also, that's a good... Also, do you think if we, sw- if we swapped did you know tomorrow that if the, to not did you know using that fossil if the, fuels, shipping cranes, all of your big boats, any large crafts that we use in order to run and live, and when the U.S. relies entirely on more countries than we produce here for all of our goods... How are you going to survive? Oh, by the way, d- um, also all your cars, unless you have a car before 1960s, uh, your car won't work. Correct. Because everything after 1960 has electricity computers. in it. Yep. Your battery wouldn't work, thus your car wouldn't work. 
Let's buy all the cars. Truly, it's it's really buy some. it's uh it's it's a hmm, what's the right word? It's a visceral feeling that it produces inside of you to think about these threats that we face from other countries. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's really interesting and exciting. And and I do I I saw recently too I believe um, that the Biden administration has upped part of our military defense budget specifically for just cyber. Oh yeah, I'm sure because, because they're now seeing. To. Because they're now seeing that the war that we're going to face next, the World War Three, is not going to happen conventionally at all. Do you think? We, I feel like we could no be way more proactive anymore. to this. Like what? you know, like we've seen, we've seen how social media has changed the world. Like we should have been proactive and thought if social media can change the world and that's supposed to be positive, why couldn't cyber warfare change the world and be negative? Why have we not been? Do you think we've, we've been never preparing we, long we, enough for we're, this? We're, we've been too naive and not seeing the other side of the coin. We've only been seeing, oh, look at all what this amazing technology can do for us. We have not seen, okay, what are the governments now doing with all of this technology? And they probably have more technology that we do not even know about. Yeah. That hasn't even been... And it's funny that we're talking about this too because China recently, you remember there was that, uh, it, I, I don't want to get it wrong, but I believe it's the South Sea or one of the, yeah. there's, a, there's one of the territories of sea which they weren't allowed to militarize. And they've just been slowly doing drills and bringing boats in, bringing planes in, and just trying to mil slowly urge into a non-militarized, agreed-upon zone. What is that type of action? What are you trying to say there? It's you know just what I mean? It's just a game that I think... Th like, conventional warfare, I feel like, at this point, has turned into... A, a, a poker it's like game? It's, it, yeah, it's just turned into a game of battleship. <laughs> Truly. Like, or like a game of chess. Yeah. That you just have to play because you're countries and you have to fight, quote unquote. Right. But really, it's just coming to agreements and disagreements about where your territory is. We talked about India for a second there. Do you see? We always talk about the world powers that are in right now staying as the biggest economic powers in the world. But the U.S., we didn't come up till very late. We're a very young We're country. Do it you wasn't think there's a third world country or a, a country that is currently on the track to development that could outpace all India. the nations? And I do think it's them. It's India for sure. But if – but only if China doesn't take them over. And they stay – right they now, stay. they're – I don't know if they're – I don't know what their uh, leadership style is. We should figure that out. But I believe they are a capitalistic market. Oh, they're the most capitalistic market. Yeah. The what? Most Let's go to India. No, seriously, it's 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 huge. A lot of a lot of, of a lot of countries have tried, but it's very hard for a lot of countries to actually get why tapped in. Why don't we move to India? And I uh, I mean some of my learning most Indian will some be some of the very people I'm I'm most <laughs> fond of. Some of the the biggest mentors in my life for people who hold themselves with an esteemed value are all Indian, all, all of them. I mean, a good example is my professor, Nesharim. I, I love that man. Like, he he holds himself in the way he talks and deliberates and thinks. is It's so elegant that I, yeah, I, I just, I'm very fond of it. Very, very fond of it. Um, and then, I, I yeah, just a lot of great and interesting things happening over there. And I, I would be very curious to see more economic development from U.S. countries going over there and really investing over there rather than just maybe exporting our products there and selling them. It's I think kind of interesting. India never had a second wave of coronavirus. How is that? Uh, according to this article, it's... Would they... Um, 
they they're emerging from the worst of the coronavirus pandemic with no sign of a second wave in sight with the they are recording fewer than a hundred daily to- total COVID-19 deaths out of a billion people. Wow. But also what's so interesting about that is I feel like Here. the other way this that China is an article that but, came out just today about China. President Joe Biden warned lawmakers Thursday that China is aggressively outpacing the United States in infrastructure. This is his, this is a quote from the office. They're investing a lot of money. They're investing billions of dollars and dealing with a whole range of issues that relate to transportation, the environment, and, and a whole range of others. Biden said he told bipartisan groups of senators whom he met in the Oval Office. But what really what that means is that whole thing of that development. They are outpacing us because they're expanding their reach. And as a part of expanding their reach is expanding their ideology. And again, I could see that being extremely devastating once it catches on in a large-scale form. Did, did you know that India and China have just been going through a battle right now? I have heard about that. They, they host no, a border together, a border. right? They host a border together, and they just completely the troop pull out from the disputed border. Complete troop pull out. Wow. And they're battling They agreed right to now. disengage. They both agreed to disengage. Okay, that's good at least. Yeah, so another really interesting happening here domestically. As of February 19th, Bitcoin has hit a trillion dollar market value as a cryptocurrency. The digital currency was trading at a value of $54,000 per coin. And this is like a new level cap that it's never seen before. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure that... And I think really all of this has to do with is the move from major banks and accredited institutions looking at Bitcoin as a reliable, safe source, just like gold. Yeah, exactly, because there's no way to track it. That's yeah. a great thing about Bitcoin. And also, did you know that in Chicago now, you can get your cash traded into you? Uh, to bit, the, like You can directly trade your cash in for Bitcoin at ATMs. There's six, six across Chicago. What is, I guess, are we at a point now, like, what is my incentive to want to have Bitcoin versus my cash right this second? Like, Because like you could turn that cash into way more money later. Wait, you can... Just because of the value. Oh, you're saying just because of the value of that. Yeah, but also it's going to become more of a... I thought you were exce- saying that you were, can trade it in and then your your checking account will just have Bitcoin rather than... No, I don't think that would be the case. But if you'd want to go on the deep web, then it, then it makes sense. Yeah. I mean well, that. How many? The are dark there a web, lot of businesses accepting Bitcoin now? Uh, there's a few. There's a few. Back in like back seven years ago, someone um someone had to live entirely off of Bitcoin for a day. Really. <laughs> Only using Bitcoin in order to survive. Survive. It was actually quite interesting. Because back it was like back in like twenty. 2014 2015 so bitcoin was still like in its infancy well compared to what it is like now i wanted to maybe hear ethan's take boeing had a huge hit on their margins i'm sure over the sunday over 777 planes were grounded because one in colorado while it was flying the engine blew up because of an unknown mishap and then parts were flying on the residential neighborhoods of the engines Jeez. and landing in people's yards. And That's they emergency crazy. landed the planes. 
But right after that, they called 777 of their planes had to be grounded. What does that do to a company's margins? Could you even imagine? For just, like, for just what, one day. What would you do? Oh, completely like, upside down. I mean, imagine all that stuff's minute to minute. Do you just move on? Do you say, I'm fuck it, I'm not even going to try and recover no, this money? No, they or? cover that money. I mean, a smart business saves funds for that. I but mean, also, though, they're in the middle of a pandemic in which the right, airline so no, they're probably also took a massive... Sure, so they're just going to make more cutbacks than they need, but I don't think one day they're going to have rain, they'll have funds for one day like that. Sure. And a lot of that will come down to insurance. It was probably more of an insurance reason, if anything. It was crazy when and I which saw which then you could put claims against that. I mean, it might take a long time. Sure, they hit a direct hit. Yeah, then, I think they did it because the engine failure was unknown. Like they well, couldn't and it would be it. Boeing's problem. Right. It would be Boeing's problem, not necessarily the airliners. The engines had a malfunction, right. so then they could sue Boeing. Right. That they they were you know they put all their planes at risk. Right. So it was, yeah, that was really interesting. But I'm, I'm feeling for all those people that, that were in that plane, and I'm super happy that they landed safely. So that was good. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Gosh. I'm it's feeling too for everyone in Texas, man. Oh my gosh. There's the snow still 4.7 million Texans right now who are on orders to boil their water to drink it, to be able to drink it right now, just because of all the pipe breakage and all the. And, the and, someone, and someone had to take out. Someone had to take out their entire life savings because their bill was like sixty-seven. It it was yeah, like it was sixty-seven thousand or something like that. Yep. So what was happening too was because all, of the high demand. Yep. The bills were were all over the place, crazy. And there's one company that runs all the energy power grid in 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 uh, Texas, and it came out that over over ten years ago they had plead to the state that they needed to do uppages for weather changes to compensate for that in the state and the government and or in the and just Texas has always said nah they put it off put it off put it off but the company they came out with an official public relations statement when this whole thing happened cuz everyone's like how come this one big company cuz they're stationed in Dallas I believe they had power at their building when everyone else was out and all this shit and so then they just they were getting a shit ton of heat for that but they were like whoa 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 you shouldn't be giving us so much fucking heat your government we literally have been giving them reports that a lot of our power lines and stuff need uppages or changes to handle the now weather conditions as we've seen patterns change and it complacency no one did anything about it and it's crazy because like the economic devastation for all this i mean i heard stories of people waiting like there'd be one wendy's or one fast food place open and and two three four hour lines and then their inventory oh was selling out god yeah, there was one in San Antonio, one Domino's I saw that went viral. Did you see that? I think I think you showed me It was insane. Yeah, these workers look like they've been through hell. But oh, another really interesting thing uh that happened today in the business world. Goodyear Tires actually just bought out Coopers, which was the second largest tire and uh, you know, uh mile as you go distribution repair shop in the United States. But get this and why the acquisition was so important. Because now Goodyear will be assuming Cooper's 2,500 retail locations. Guess where they are? China. Wow. It's, it's the biggest expansion for Goodyear into an external market outside of the United States. And the, the acquisition deal was worth $2.8 billion. Um, and stockholders are being distributed $41.75 in cash, which is 0.9 of a share of Goodyear tires Random in the acquisition. Random fact, where is it? Do you know where they're headquartered at? 
Ohio. Akron, Ohio. Yep. Yep. That's where the company is from. Ohio Manufacturing Company. Um, and the company has combined sales of $19.5 billion in 2019 alone. I mean, it's, cr- it's pretty crazy to see. And it was a very treacherous time, I feel like, for the automotive industry through COVID-19 and, and making their sheets oh, work and, and, and balancing <laughs> through it. But, I mean, an acquisition like this, like, props to them for being able to handle it. But, I th- again, that it's, I think it's, r- it's, it's really funny that all American companies right now are really wise up. And they're like, if I really want dominance right now financially, I need to go to China. I have to. I mean, we're seeing that. The NBA. So much of the NBA's, like, moves and decisions rely so heavily on the relation between them and China because it's, like, the second largest market of people who watch it. Really? The Chinese? Yeah. I didn't know they watched the NBA. The NBA and the Chinese Chinese have their own basketball league, which is also extremely popular. Um, But, yeah, that's where most, like, most, like, second-tier NBA stars that can't make it here, they go to China and get paid shit tons of money to go play basketball over there. Tons. Oh God, that makes so much sense. I knew, I knew a dude who was doing this, and his girlfriend. His it was weird because his his on season was summer through fall, so he would go to China summer through fall, and then come December and spring he'd be back here and he'd be training stateside and hanging out with her, and then he would always go back over there. Come like you know May again for the summer league. So the summer they were, (laughs) and so yeah, they would never be together because he's always over in China playing. That's an interesting relationship. It really is. I, I think that, too, that's just like that whole relationship of someone who tours or like someone who oh lives yeah. a road life. Oh, definitely. You have to be very independent, I feel like, to handle that relationship. Oh, style. you have to. Entirely. You have to, n- you have to think of the relationship as a just a pure enhancement. All right. I got one more major topic that I needed to hit today on this Monday episode, and that is I really think, guys – we are in a inflationary bubble and that there's going to be a large market crash coming up. How so? So I think the first thing that we got to look at in point two is what's going on with our stock market during this time. What is going on with our stock market? So if you know anything about the stock markets, you know that there's this P-E ratio, which is a ratio that is calculated and it basically determines the ratio and level at which a company is trading at year to year. Normally, the ratio since 1950 through now has had an average medium rate of 15.5%. Let's see where we're at right now. Today, as of today, Apple, their P.E. ratio is 34.17%. Who else has a pretty high one right now? Tesla. Tesla's P.E. ratio as of February 22nd is 1,114.15. If that doesn't tell you, that's like one of the largest spikes in a long time for one of these P.E. ratios. So why does this matter so much, though? Because if we look at the S&P 500 since 1950, when, when when, when did this happen? We had during the Internet boom was the first time we had a P.E. Inflation, inflationary jump that made it rise above 30s. But what happened right after that? We had a bottom out from the financial crisis. Mm. And the 08 hit. And, that, and uh, it created what happened at that time because of the mortgages and everyone was getting funding. We created this huge bubble. And then what hanged right after? A market crash. So there's this guy named Schiller 
Schiller has a P.E. ratio which spans 10 years when normally we calculate your P.E. ratio monthly or yearly, right? And even Tesla yearly, this year alone, is 114, way above normal standards. We have way over breaching high market gaps. And what is that? It's everyone's thinking there's this prosperity and all this time. It's the time to buy in. Well, what's happening is Warren Buffett has a really interesting saying. He goes, when people are greedy be fearful. When people are fearful, be greedy. So we see this. We see this huge gap in the market. We see interest rates are super low. Everyone's being really, oh, I, now's the time. I need to buy. I need to be in. I need to be in. There's so much greed right now. What happens? We've seen time and time again under the Schiller ratio, right? Black Tuesday in the 1930s when shit really hit the fan, what happened? We had a huge spike in our P.E. We went to that 35-40 ratio range. And then what happened immediately? The world's lar like the worst market crash to date at that point. As, as Winston Churchill once said, during World War II, never let a good crisis go to waste. Exactly. And, that's, and so as we see throughout time, through history, that Internet was the next one. After the Internet in the 08, huge P.E. bubble. We went up to 45 45 was the average median in that year. Holy shit. And then what immediately happened? It drops down to 10. You know what's so interesting is I crash. actually feel like it's going to mirror exactly like this decade, this century, I feel like actually is going to mirror more closely to what happened in the 1920s. Because when the Spanish flu hit, the soaring, the roaring 20s happened. And I think that the 20s of this are going to actually be the soaring 20s. We are going to see the most skyrocketing ideas and so many new technologies and companies coming True. out. And then in the 30s, when that this bubble is just forming, I personally think. And yeah, it's truly, just starting it's like, to form and it's going to grow huge. Yep. And then just be devastating when it comes down. If that's not but enough I for think you, that if the, that's not enough for you, let's talk mortgage and interest rates. What's happening right now? Interest rates are at an all-time low. So under current interest rates practices, if I'm like, if I go to my institution and they just want to know what's the number you want to see monthly, and I tell them, oh, I want to see two thousand and one hundred dollars monthly. Well, at the current interest rate levels, every let's say it's at three percent max out, and you have a, you I can get a five hundred thousand dollar home and be right in my price range that I want to be for my monthly payment under current interest rate standards. Yeah, but then so it's a great time to buy for that. Well. What happens here if the, if we're in a big bubble like you're saying, like they want to be, right? Oh, the feds are telling us we're going to keep interest rates this low for a couple years. This is staying. It's going to stay. You're right. If it stays for a little bit oh, here, and also, we're going to build up this huge bubble. And also when things open all these people again. are going to have bigger assets than they, than they can afford. And then what's going to happen? We're going to have a huge drop. And what's going to happen? Their price values are going to go down. Now they're stuck in an asset that is losing them, losing them, losing them funds. Because they were overinvested at a time which interest rates were low. Yep. That's yeah, another they, reason for a market crash. if it's crash. a locked-in loan, what will it matter? For the people who can afford that. But when you could talk about this happening and a market crash happens, all of a sudden that $2,100 payment on a $500,000 home that you could handle when the market crashes and now rates of gas triple, rates of utilities double, rates of childcare, and this, 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 all the other things increase at such a rapid pace due to a failure in the market – all of a sudden, you can't afford those mortgages, and your value of your home has gone down. So when you want to get out of that, you, just said, you can't. You're fucked. 
But if you have money, you're not fucked. You're right. It's a great time. If you like Warren Buffett said, no, I was. If it's if you're in a fearful period, it's a great time. If you're locked in in the interest rate, why would the interest rate go up? You're referring to the no, mortgage. no, no. The interest rate won't go up. So then, if well, you buy why a would house, their house right now, be more expensive. Okay, no. If they're trying to sell it, no one's going to buy it because they'd have to be at a different interest rate. Is that what you're referring to? What I'm referring to is if you're locked in and then the market crashes and all of a sudden you can't afford that payment on that house and you want to try and use the equity in your home to get out of it, it's not worth five hundred thousand dollars like when you previously bought it. The value of it's going to go down to let's say four fifty or four four twenty. Oh right, but if you were wanting to hold on to the assets, if so you're, if you're overly hold, that's what I'm saying. Okay, if you're a you're big saying. person, you're fine. You're gonna invest for a big down the road thing. But if you're if you're young right now and you're like, fuck, rates are really low. This is a good time to buy. But you're not predicting. Oh, so we're for gonna bubbles. see a lot of middle class failure. A hundred percent. Very much so. Now you're getting it. The middle class is all of suffer these. The most. So what is the stock market telling us? It's saying, hey guys, we're seeing PE trends. We're in a bubble. What is the what is the real estate market? And this telling is when us? we buy when it all goes down. And what is the real estate market telling us? Hey guys, now might be a great time to buy if you know what you're doing. But if you don't, hey, be careful. If you don't know about what's going on in the stock market, if you don't know what's going on, here's another thing. Let's talk about why we might be in a huge, scary, interesting time right now. Almost a fifth of all U.S. dollars were created this year, referring to 2020. About 20% of all U.S. dollars were created in what, 2020. What do you mean by all U.S. dollars? Like ever in existence? The Federal Reserve, every dollar that's ever printed ever in existence in the United States history, a fifth of that was made in 2020. <gasps> that's fucked. So we that's take that, good. we take the house market, and we take the stock market, and what do we have? We have a pretty good detective's case for, hmm, we might be seeing a bubble just like the 08 period. We might be seeing a bubble just like the Black Tuesday period. We might be seeing the crux of this what I could be. This might be the second depression. A, yep. One of the biggest and most disastrous downfalls of our economy. Because what's happening to the United States since 1950 through now has continued to see overall relative growth. Just continue relative growth. But as relative growth happens, what should we normally think happens? Do you realize Your that this Your debt is falls. But what's happening in the U.S., unlike anywhere else, as, that, as our rise for growth is happening, so is our debt. That is not sustainable. That should be terrifying and a wake-up call for a lot of people. I think all these things together can come together to be, you know, putting us in a situation. And, and a lot of people might argue otherwise, but... I really think there's enough signs showing that we could be seeing that coming up here. 20% of all U.S. dollars. 20%. That's. Data from the feds shows that a broad 20%. measure of stock of dollars, known as your M2, rose from $15.34 at the start of the year to $18.72 trillion in September. The increase was $3.38 trillion, which equates to 18% of the total supply of dollars in the United States. That's insane. That is crazy. Yeah. So what's happening? Our government's pumping. We're living off money we don't have. We're, we're, we're in a period where there's a lot of unhealthy uh, like unhealthy practices that are being used. And uh, that's really interesting. I just think I just I just wanted to comment on that. I really wanted to use the no, show it's and, gonna be, and talk about what it's I It's going to be an interesting those. thing. When do you think the bubble will burst? Me? I see the bubble bursting in two years. L less than two years. What do you think will happen first? AI overtaking us or the economy collapsing? Economy collapsing. collapsing. 
because the economy oh. can collapse and come back. Right. But I don't know. I pers- I think. Well, well, the thing is, though, is that I think, uh, I think like in 2022 next year, when things are more opened up, there's going to be a huge resurgence for a lot of. Now, yeah, that's that too. See, my my whole thi- my whole basis is has nothing to do even with us reopening or that economic or the economic ability of our country going back to that. But I do, I do think if that's if that case scenario does play out and we do open up, I think I think the bubble could last even longer. I think if the country does open up, and the and we the, see this and the feds and the markets and everyone saying interest are going to stay low, I do so think we could I, see. I that. still think you could possibly buy in and profit. Right, right now? now, yeah, yeah. I think it depends because like depends we, like we said, like Top Golf right now. No, they're hell high. no, hell no. But. You think so? Um. Well, if they get acquired by, which they probably will, by Callaway, then they won't. But yeah, Jake, you got any last remarks or anything you want to say here before we we finish up, wrap up this uh, episode? You know, like I said at the beginning of this episode, be grateful. Be grateful that you can live every single day mm-hmm. and that you are alive and that you are a full, fully true human living every day. With electricity, with heat. Mm-hmm. And work your fucking ass off and get a schedule so that you can actually get going with your damn day. Yeah, man. We uh, we love you guys. Nothing but good loves, good vibes. Stay focused. Stay motivated. Stay curious. Have a good one. Peace.